Hi, and welcome to Foundation Forward, a podcast series about generosity brought to you by the Anglican Foundation of Canada. Foundation Forward invites Canadians to talk about generosity, why it's important, and how they express it. I'm your host, Chris Dawes. Foundation Forward, we're digging a bit deeper into the idea of generosity, from the duty we sometimes think it to be, to the amazing things it unlocks in us and those around us, and the joy and the calling it has become for some remarkable people, like you and me. Thank you for joining us. Happy New Year. Each one of us had at least a bit of a rough ride through 2020, And though the same could be said for the Anglican Foundation of Canada and the many partners and ministries that either support or depend on its work, light in the form of safe vaccines is at last breaking on the horizon. And though difficult months still lie ahead, we feel blessed that we can greet 2021 with optimism. I want to thank you for your support of the Foundation's work and for following this podcast as my guests and I unpack the baggaged topic of generosity in all its complexity and power. Remember that you can find all our episodes anytime at anglicanfoundation.org slash podcast, or anywhere else that you find podcasts. Foundation Forward has a great year of episodes in store for you, and joining me this month is Toronto writer, media figure, and Anglican deacon Michael Corrin. Michael is the author of 17 books and a contributing columnist for the Toronto Star, who also appears regularly in Maclean's and writes for the Globe and Mail, The Walrus, Now Magazine, CBC, TV Ontario, The Critic, and numerous other publications in Canada and Britain. We met last September in the garden of Toronto's Church of St. Martin's in the Fields as sirens roared by on nearby Bloor Street, and we got to talking about his journey from author and public commentator to ordination, and how generosity opened his mind and heart in a unique way. So, Michael, thank you very much for agreeing to join us on Foundation Forward. Your website calls you an Anglican cleric, an author and columnist, but you've undergone several changes through your career. You've probably been called many things. (laughs) <laughs> Could you tell our listeners who you think you are? Well, that's a very good question. I don't self-analyze very much. Uh, I'm 61 now, and um, the most constant in my life, I suppose, has been my faith. I became a Christian. I wasn't raised in a Christian home, uh, a very secular home, but I became a Christian in the about 84, 83, I think I started instruction at a Catholic church. 84, I was baptized, confirmed, because I hadn't gone through any of that. So my Christianity has remained constant in all that period of time. But I left the Catholic Church and uh, became an Anglican. I, I think continue to be a Catholic, but in the Anglican communion. But when that happened, I think it was a deepening of my faith, which is not to question other peoples. But for me, it led to political changes too. And I, I don't really have a lot of time for politics as such, but as my faith deepened, my views on issues, all sorts of issues changed. Not all. I'd always been a strong believer in the welfare state and socialized medicine and that sort of thing. Uh, Always against the death penalty, opposed the Iraq war, 
believed in forgiving third world debt. The sort of things that people sometimes today forget. Always oh, change on everything. I haven't actually. <laughs> but um, on certainly issues of life and sexuality and moral issues, and issues I think of basic compassion and empathy, I did change. So that, that was a radical change, but it was all part. It was almost a, a, a symptom. Yes, it was. Um, it wasn't that I, I changed those views, thus moved into the Anglican Church. As my faith deepened and my prayer life deepened and I moved into Anglicanism, a byproduct of all of that, I think inevitably, uh, was a, a, a change of view on many issues and in particular on other people. Our topic today, of course, is generosity. I wonder uh, what you can say in an introductory sort of way about your journey to this time of your life, what you've seen, what you've felt of it, uh, what you've learned of it that you might like to share with us. Of generosity, you mean? Mm -hmm. The definitions are, I mean, they're helpful in a way, but I think generos generosity would imply something selfless. If I have a million dollars and I give a thousand away, it's not really generous, it, it, it's relative. But to, to give when it isn't always easy to give, to put others first by a leap of empathy, to, to, to feel for someone and to help that person when maybe you don't feel inclined to or don't really want to. I think that's part of generosity. Uh, I've always loved people I'm supposed to love, my family, my close friends and so on. I think I've been relatively decent in other areas too, but I've said things in the past over the years. Now, often it's tabloid-esque or talk radio, but that doesn't forgive me. I said things that I, I regret dearly today. Um, so I think that maybe there was sometimes a lack of generosity. I don't label it as generosity. I think of it as a gospel value. What is, what is the, the Christian response? What is the gospel response to, to this issue, to this person? Ge so generosity, when it hurts, I think it, it is the, the genuine litmus test of what it does mean to, to be generous. I've noticed in your biography that you were drawn to writing about some of Britain's most famous writers. And uh, I'm curious, if I think about the act of taking a magic ring to Mount Doom to destroy it, was that a generous act? Ah, <laughs> uh, it was selfless because there were terrible challenges and pain and suffering. But it's interesting me mention this because, because duty and honor and these are all involved with generosity, as is conscience. In that incident, doing something you don't want to do, uh, not just for the sake of it. Um, and fasting, is that generosity? I, I wouldn't really classify that as generosity. Uh, mm. But giving someone food, your food, when you're hungry, is. You have some mild discomfort, some pain, some loss, so another person will not have that. I mean, it's interesting you mentioned Tolkien because the real influence on my life and the person I did write a book about was C.S. Lewis. And I think there is someone who often was, I mean, there was an incident in his life when he'd given all of his royalties to charity and then found out that he had to pay, he should have known, income tax on his royalties <laughs> and he didn't have the money and people helped him to do it. <laughs> that was the incredibly generous thing to do. You uh, made an allusion earlier to changes in views, and these would have been views that you've expressed uh, as a journalist yourself. Yep. Uh, so I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about that. Well, <clears throat> there is that phrase, is it generous orthodoxy? Is that what, um, which, because it, it was interesting because my orthodoxy ne never wavered, but the, the, the initial issue, the, the, um, the one that pushed the doors open, 
was that of, of sexuality and equal marriage. Mm -hmm. Problem was, as a, a relatively intelligent person with relatively moderate views on this issue, I gave an intellectual veneer to the fundamentalists who, who were quite roaring in their homophobia. Now, I never embraced them, but they felt empowered and enabled by me. I was on TV and in print and on radio giving these arguments for why marriage was a union of one man and one woman, the procreative norm and all this sort of thing. And although people disagreed, they couldn't just say, well, he's an idiot. He's obviously just a hateful idiot. I was always very kind and respectful to the leaders in the gay community who would come on my TV show. But again, I think in a way I did damage. And I know I did because I've met so many people in the gay community who I hurt. And that was the initial issue. And I began to change my mind all sorts of things. So your journey eventually led you not simply to a deepened faith and perhaps to uh, changing senses of your interactions with people and ideas. It led you to ordination. It strikes me as a fundamentally generous act. Am I right about that, do you think? I wouldn't claim it was generous on my part, actually. Uh, I think that would be too grand, too, too sweeping for me. I wanted to help others. I wanted to be in a position of a certain privilege ordained that enabled you to be with people at the most difficult moments. I certainly wanted that. I certainly wanted to preside over the, the Eucharist, but the idea of being with people when they needed you, how much was that selfless and how much was something I wanted to do? I don't know. Uh, generosity. Generosity can be pleasing to the generous person, but I don't think it should be easy to the generous person. It should come with a certain cost, a certain sacrifice. It doesn't have to be a profound or dramatic one, but giving what is easy to give, I'm not sure if that is the best definition of generosity. It's giving something which is tangible, material, or emotional and visceral at a certain cost and sacrifice. That was writer and clergyman Michael Corrin, whose most recent books on tolerance, inclusion and grace are entitled Reclaiming Faith and Epiphany, and can be found online and at Chapters Indigo. And you've been listening to Foundation Forward, a podcast about generosity. Thanks to Michael for his wit, candor and passionate ministry. And thanks to you for listening and supporting the Anglican Foundation's vital work across the beautiful country we've been given. Our offices are closed, but you can visit us on the internet at anglicanfoundation.org where you can get in touch, find out all about our work, and of course, make your donation. You can also email us at foundation at anglicanfoundation.org. Foundation Forward drops on the first Monday of every month, and you can download or listen to its episodes anytime on our website, or subscribe through Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you get yours. We'll be back next month. Until then, I'm Chris Dawes. Thanks for listening.